0: Welcome to the Next Level Brands Podcast, where we share stories about the food and CPG world with experts in the trenches about how to build a successful brand today. Now, your host, G. Stephen Clear.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Next Level Brands Podcast. Brought to you, as always, by the Next Level Brands CPG community. If you have a growing firm in food, beverage, or health and wellness, You should be a part of the Next Level Brands community. Courses, resources, workshops, founder coaching, networking, and a whole lot more. Having a challenge with distributors or maybe finance or promotions, the community hub is fully searchable by keyword and can take you right to the answers you're seeking. More information available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's. Nextlevelbrands.com, what you need to know to grow. Well, this is Steve Clear, and we have quite a treat today. We're sharing the mic with a fellow entrepreneur who has had quite a journey before becoming a co-founder. I'm not going to spoil any surprises, but I am pleased today to be joined by Sean Lake of Bub's Naturals. Sean is a former professional snowboarder who went on to Burton Snowboards, worked as Sean White's team manager, and landed a spot as the director of sports marketing at DC Shoes. After decades in action sports marketing, Sean co-founded Bub's Naturals, a line of collagen peptides and other all-natural supplements. Bub's was named after Sean's childhood best friend, Glenn Bub Doherty. A Navy SEAL who tragically was killed in Benghazi, Libya, on 9/11 back in 2012. But the Bubs brand continues to honor and embraces Glenn's all-in, live your life to the fullest philosophy. A devoted husband, father, and fitness fanatic, Sean is also passionate about helping people feel great and do good while leading a business that gives back. All of which we're going to explore today. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. So um, the, the one of the things that uh, I, I found very interesting was uh, your, uh, you know, many people come to uh, the wellness and beverage food area from, oh, they have an ache or they don't have a digestive problem or they have all this, that, the other blah, 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 blah. Uh, or they're refugees from tech that, oh, now I want to turn around and do something good with my life and whatever else. But uh, tell us a little bit about pre-Bubs. You were kind of a snow bum
0: yeah, every parent's dream is is probably when their teenage son announces that he's going to drop out of college to uh, pursue a dream of becoming a professional snowboarder. Yeah, I horrified my parents. I, I, you know, I'm comfortable with that now. You know, I I always had this kind of thirst for adventure, um, just trying something new, and that goes back to you know discovering skateboards and punk rock music and a lot of counterculture things. Um, you know in in those high school years. And then when I, you know, when I got done with high school, I, I was raised in a small suburb outside of Boston, uh, Winchester, Massachusetts. And you you were definitely cultivated and you were, you were definitely coached into you go to college, you get your degree, you get a great career, you get married, like you do the things. And, and that all seemed fine on paper, but you know, I just, <laughs> there was a different drumbeat banging in my head. And, uh, and my best buddy, Glenn's head for that matter. So we kind of circled up and we were, you know, we were looking at where we were at with school, what that looked like. And we both said, you know, I think there's something else out there. Let's go find it. <laughs> and for me, it was the passion that I had towards snowboarding. I mean, I lived snowboarding. I wanted to do everything on snow and it was exciting and new, and it just spoke to me. So I dropped out of college, um, much to my, my parents' dismay. But at the same time, they were wasting their money investing in my education that I wasn't really, you know, yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't invested in it. So why were they wasting their money? So we both agreed I would go take a semester off. Uh, that turned into a, a five-year journey. Uh, and during which time, you know, like that passion for snowboarding, uh, it lent itself to you know a, a career in it where I got sponsored and I was able to get free product and travel and I got a little salary and it was awesome. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And around the age of 24, turning 25, Glenn and I kind of huddled up and we said, okay, man, all of our high school friends have now graduated from college. They have degrees. They have, like they're, half of them are married. Yeah, some of them and, have babies. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we- we're still in this, you know, hey, I'm going to be a river guide this summer. I'm going to go to Costa Rica and go surfing. I'm going to paint houses and have these adventures. But we were looking kind of into the future. And we we saw the ski bums that were in their 30s and 40s. And we were like, you know, I don't think I want to be that guy. Nothing wrong with it for them, but there's something else. And, you know, for my self, it was, let's go back to college. I'm going to go back to school and I'm going to wrap up that degree that I walked away from because I do see value in it. Like I saw value right. in achieving a four-year goal and applying that to whatever that next chapter is in life. Glenn, for his part, you know, cause this was a, a very fluid, real conversation. He was one who said, Hey, I'm going to join the Navy and become a Navy seal. That's my <sighs> next adventure in life. And I was like, "Okay." Hey. I didn't see that going coming. <laughs> no, no. So he did. He, he joined the Navy and, and went through basic training and, and went into buds. He got accepted into the program. And this is in 1995, like just for, for context. This is this a yeah. while ago, um, which means I'm old as dirt. And and so I went back to school and I found a way to snowboard during the winter. And go to school summer and fall semester. So I went to the University of Utah, which is great because it's a mountain school and with mountains all around it. Sure. And I was able to fulfill my sponsorship obligations and, you know, film and do contests and do all the fun stuff. And then every summer I just buckled down and I went to school and then I waited tables at night or I did extra things to make a little extra money. Uh, And then I did the same thing in the fall. And then as soon as December hit, I finished up my final exams and I was right back to the mountains and, and kind of living that lifestyle. It was great. And what, what'd you major in, Sean? Political science. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So I thought that I was going to be an attorney at one point. Yeah. And then I thought I was going to join the state department and, and have an excuse to continue to travel the world. See, snowboarding is great because when you've when you've made it in snowboarding, there's a lot of travel involved. You travel to different mountain ranges to oh, yeah. film and document. So I would go to Europe, Alaska. I'd been down in New Zealand, and I'd, I'd had these really fun adventures. Well, when I was done snowboarding, I knew that was going to end. So, boy, if I joined the State Department, though, like I'll travel the whole world. So a degree in political science set the stage for that. Uh, it's a degree I never used, but... Well, you know, that's all right. we laid out some plans there, yeah. uh, but you know, there was a left-hand turn in the road that I didn't see coming. So I took it. <laughs>
1: yep. yep. Absolutely. All right. So you, you, Glenn is now in the Navy. You're, you, you get your degree finally. And, um, and, and then what do you do when you leave school and you have a political science degree? Obviously that doesn't immediately start earning you, you know, a good no. amount of money. So.
0: No, no, it doesn't. So, so the way I had it planned out was I finished school in December and I couldn't take the civil service exam, which is kind of the entry into working for the department of state or, or, or whatever that next chapter was until it was like in like August or September. So I was like, Oh, well, I'll just keep snowboarding all winter and painting houses and have one last kind of nine month fun before I go get that real job. Well, almost immediately I got contacted by a friend of mine and said, hey, I know you have this career path that you're thinking about, but it's the wrong path. You should be in snowboarding. You should stick it out and, like, and do something in snowboarding. And I had written that off, but he's like, there's a job opening at Burton Snowboards to become the North American team manager. I think you should apply. And I was like, man, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and but I did. I, I said, you know what? It, it doesn't hurt. And and I think some of the best interviews that you ever do are for things you don't necessarily, I don't want to say you don't care about, but I would say that you're not like desperate for the, the outcome is not going, is not liver, or, live or die. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I've been on interviews where I was like, I really need this job. And you don't, you're not presenting your confident best self necessarily in those moments. Yeah. So I went into it. And I basically just talked about all the things that I thought were wrong in team management in snowboarding to the heads of Burton, like the most successful company in snowboarding. Yeah. And, um, and the response to that was they offered me the job <laughs> and the job paid really well, like way more than I was going to get in the state department. So all of a sudden I had a job offer from the most successful brand in snowboarding and I could start immediately. And it was a really fun job to be Sean White's team manager and these other members of the team and to move to San Diego. Right. So I'm like, wait a minute. I get to move to San Diego, learn how to surf, be in the palm trees and all the fun stuff. And I still get to travel to the mountains and snowboard and do the travel thing, which I was always attracted to sign me up. Yeah, Um, Ready to go. Yeah. So it was like grad school for me because Burton is a well-run machine. They've got their position in snowboarding is well earned, and I got to play a very small role in that company to to navigate and learn a lot about how the marketing machine works. And I parlayed that into a career in the kind of youth lifestyle action sports area. So I, you know, I worked with. The ASP, which is now the World Surf League, uh, managing one of their local surf events. Like I was just one of the members of the management team. I worked with ESPN's X Games. Uh, I did a short stint with Tony Hawk, managing one of his um, skate tours, which was amazing. Uh, and then I dropped in with DC Shoes and, and stayed there for six years, developing a sports marketing program with them for a bunch of sports. And it was, again, they were all these amazing building blocks through my 30s, um, Getting, and, you know, yeah. in my 40s, it was like, wow, I, I didn't script this. I didn't leave school thinking I was going to continue on being involved in all these awesome sports that I love, but that's kind of where, you know, the cards fell. And, uh, and so I, I wasn't going to say no to it. And it was, you know, a combination of being lucrative and having a great lifestyle. And I think that work-life balance is super important for, for anyone out there.
1: Now, now being in that sphere and being active, physical, right, good shape, all of them. When did nutrition as a, a subject really start to come up in your in your head? So
0: not till I was forty. So I'm fifty years old now, and and I had that kind of fitness epiphany at about thirty five. So remember, my best friend is a Navy SEAL. Well, yeah, and we both live in San Diego, and we try and train together and do stuff whenever we could, but. You know, between thirty and thirty-five, I wasn't hitting the gym a whole lot. And what you can naturally do in your twenties, living off of adrenaline, testosterone, and just you know, kind of a charging mentality, doesn't necessarily translate physically as you age up. You there's a little more prep work involved, and I learned that the hard way. I woke up one day and I was I weighed you know twenty more pounds than I should, and I kind of got a wake up call. And it was very much a vanity check for me. I was like, oh. I've got a little spare tire. I don't like having a spare tire. I want to be ripped. And I just dove into fitness. And then I live in North County, San Diego. So so nutrition was always kind of present, right? But that just meant eat one less pizza, have a salad once in a while. It was very simple. There wasn't a lot of really focus on the nutrition until I discovered CrossFit. And I'm sure you've had guests that have talked about CrossFit before. And it's, it's very polarizing and can be a bit cultish, but it also works really, really well. Well, Glenn introduced me to CrossFit. He came home from a deployment and was like, you got to try this. And that was really where my fitness journey took off. Like I was thinking I was 37 years old. I'd been running and biking and I'd lost the weight, but I didn't really know how to dial in the nutrition side, nor did I care. Um, until, once I discovered CrossFit, I started going to a gym. There was this very active dialogue around what you're eating. I'd never been exposed to the paleo diet before. I didn't know what zone eating was or any of these other concepts back in 2008 when I learned about CrossFit. But what I knew about CrossFit was that I really enjoyed the results of it. And I really enjoyed the community. And there was this great care for that community and how to best serve their, their overall health needs, which included nutrition. So, you know, 12 years ago, I kind of realized that I could make decisions at the shopping center, at the grocery store, at the restaurants that would just affect my overall, you know, sense of nutrition. So it'd be like, hey, if you're going to eat a paleo-based diet, skip the gluten, um, right. 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 The desserts, like you can just make these little adjustments, not radical diet changes. Just over time, I gradually got more and more tuned into how you feed yourself and how you feel yourself.
1: Yeah. And that, and that's, it can be a, a step-by-step change. A, a lot of people like jump into it radically, but jump back out again. Yeah. Um, and we of course have a lot of supporting stuff now with whether it's keto or paleo or whatever, but there's There's been enough time and enough stuff published and enough people doing it that people see results and they see, and they see what's going on, but that still puts you as a practitioner on a personal level, not as a person in the business.
0: No, God, I I had no aspirations to ever (laughs) enter into the nutrition space. I just, I lived it, um, you know, after Glenn died, when Glenn was alive, we were roommates for the last three years that, that he was alive. So you know, two guys that have turned 40 that are still trying to operate at a high level athletically. We're still running 5k 10ks and doing CrossFit challenges. We're trying to beat all the young kids at the gym. And we would, we ate well, like we, we, we paid attention to what we were doing. I mean, it wasn't, you know, super strict. There were still pizza nights and fun stuff, but there's an overall admiration for the lettuce, you know, right, for right. the good protein source for the lean meats and just Again, if you're going to buy ground beef, you can buy ground turkey. And Glenn was really in tune with that, and I kind of leaned in on his knowledge cuz he would drive that. Um he has some thyroid issues, and so weight was always something he had to be more conscious of than I did. But, you know, when you live in the same house and you're sharing the grocery bill and you're you're doing those things, hey, you learn a little bit about eating with egg whites instead of the yolk or like, you know, just little things that were that were in conversation in certain circles back then we applied in our lives.
1: Right. Um, And we mentioned it sort of at the top of the show, but Sean, can you share a little bit with more with us about, you know, about Glenn and what went down?
0: Yeah. So, all right. So I, you know, we said it, Glenn was my best friend, right? Well, what does that mean? Like, what does a best friend mean? And I think every listener can give pause and think about what the most important person in their life is. That's not a blood relative. The things that you can share, the uh, the person you can lean on, the person that leans back in, in your direction and and that person is family, and right. Glenn was that, but not just to me. Glenn was this big, outgoing giant personality that was literally best friends to hundreds of people. and we led you know these fairly eclectic lives from being teenagers in Winchester, Massachusetts to dropping out of college to being ski bums together. He was a river guide. He was, you know, he toured with the Grateful Dead during the summers back then. And then he decides to go, I'm going to join the Navy and become a Navy SEAL. And then he had all of his ski bum buddies, his high school buddies and his Navy SEAL buddies. And then when he got out of the Navy, he had all of his his fitness buddies from the CrossFit community and the San Diego community. So there was like these four buckets of best friends that really, really valued their time with Glenn, I would just happen to be the guy who was with them the most during those chapters. Cause we grew up together. We did the ski bump thing together. We both lived in Encinitas when he was in the Navy. so we were just always connected and he was this lightning rod for everyone. Like he was this, this bright spot for everyone to go to. So, you know, if Glenn was throwing a party, everyone came, if Glenn showed up at a party, his stories were the most interesting. And that man could tell a story. So that's sort of Glenn, the person, like if you had met Glenn, you know, Steve, you would be like, that guy's awesome. He's my best friend. And you wouldn't mean it. Like you, you wouldn't say it lightly. Like you would have a genuine experience with him that would, you would feel drawn to and connected and not kind of a traditional, I think, stereotype of what a Navy SEAL would be in that. He's just a great human. So take that amplified by all those people that loved him. And then think of the work that he did. So when, when Glenn got out of the Navy, right, this very, very dangerous job, he started contracting for the Central Intelligence Agency, providing security work, very dangerous job. But he, at the end of the day, he was an independent contractor doing work for the government. He would deploy to Iraq, Afghanistan, Beirut, you know, like you name it, dangerous spots around the yeah. world. And he was helping our country achieve their missions. And that was his like, transition job. And he really was wrestling with that. What do I do next? Like, I can't do this forever. I can't deploy overseas. I'm 41 years old, 42 years old, and I'm still doing the job. And I'm running around like I'm a 20 year old providing security head on a swivel. Like it was pretty crazy stuff. And he was looking for that. What is next thing? Right. So as his roommate, he'd be home for three months and then all of a sudden he's in Iraq for three months. Then he's in Yemen. Then he's home. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was this fairly crazy lifestyle, but when he was home, he was very, very present. He was gardening, cooking, uh, you know, doing fitness and yoga. Like he was very much soaking up his time with friends and a hundred percent dialed with those that he loved. So when Glenn, you know, in the fall of 2012, Glenn knew he had to get out of that line of work and he had finally made the plan. He's like, I'm getting out of contracting. I'm, this to be my last job. I'm going to take all the money I've saved. I'm going to go to Utah and I'm going to get my, he wanted to be a PA, a physician's assistant. He's like, I'm going to go and wrap up yeah. the medical training to go and do that. And like, that's it. I've, I've made a decision. And that was the fall of 2012 when he was stationed in Tripoli, So you might remember the fall of Gaddafi and, you know, like there was a major upheaval in, you know, in Libya and Glenn went, he was one of the first deployments to go back in and provide security coverage for the CIA to get all those missiles and weapons and stuff that were floating around unguarded and try and corral all that. Um, And that's when the terror attacks in Benghazi happened. So... You know, we all woke up on 9-11 and there was all this, this news going on around Benghazi, Benghazi and what's happening and the ambassadors there and no one knows. And that was my roommate and that was my best friend. And I'm like, wait a second, Glenn's in Tripoli. That's like three hours away from Benghazi. Like I'm literally Google mapping this to figure it out. I'm like, oh, Glenn should be fine. Ugh. And then I'm writing an email to him. I'm literally like, hey, man, be safe. There's stuff on the news, but, you know, just just keep your head down. And then the next thing, a couple hours later, I get a phone call and I answered the call and I didn't know the number. And the guy on the other end said, is this Sean Lake? I said, yes. He said, I need you to return to your home immediately. And I said, oh, shit. I didn't know, but I knew like I just a pit hit my stomach. Yeah. And yeah. that's all they said. They didn't say anything else. I mean, could have been a you know bill collector <laughs> for all I know. Um, and I drove up to the house and there was two black SUVs parked right in front of my house. And people in black suits got out and they told me what they could tell me with their security clearance about Glenn going from Tripoli down to Benghazi and saving a whole bunch of American lives before he laid down his own life. And I mean, that was Glenn right to the end. Glenn was there to help his friends right to the end. And so I was the executor of Glenn's estate. I was his listed next of kin. I had a a lot of, you know, kind of duties, I guess, wrapped up in the idea if anything bad should happen. And this was like the ultimate bad thing that could happen. I lost my brother, best friend, you know, my my comrade and hundreds of other people suffered that loss as well as a nation lost. Yeah, Um, for sure. And, you you know, I, I learned very, very quickly in that moment that the thing to do was not to get caught up in grief, but to accelerate with action. And we whipped up one hell of a life celebration for Glenn that had, I think there was like 450 people in attendance at the Del Mar fairgrounds. And the stories and the admiration and the love for Glenn poured into that moment uh, a foundation came out of that moment, uh, the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation, which is its sole mission is to help special operators and their families transition from active duty to civilian life yep. and primarily through scholarships. So help guys out that were having that same problem that Glenn right. had. Right. Get back to and, his, yeah, civilian life. Yeah. yeah and, and help keep Glenn's memory alive. Like we wanted him at the table. We weren't ready to let him go. And, you know, like there, there's people we lose in life that eventually fall out of our daily conversation and our consciousness. And that's natural. I understand that. But Glenn was different. He was bigger and we wanted to keep him alive and, and engaged with, you know, with everyone's thoughts. And so the foundation was this way to kind of keep Glenn's legacy alive. And, you know, a few years later, we decided to really plus that up with, uh, with Bubs. And so where were you when, when Glenn was killed? Uh, I was. (laughs) Well, work-wise, I was a consultant for Reebok and uh, a different footwear company, Converse Shoes. So I was working in the art space and in kind of the fitness space. So I was doing a lot of brand marketing for for both brands. Converse was interested in doing art activation. So all youth lifestyle stuff. Um, Super fun career to be in for, for those years. And then I was also helping Reebok out because they had a lens on training and fitness that they were trying to bring into the action sports community. So it was, it was a really neat little hybrid. Yeah, that you could, you could
1: work with. So from this moving forward, you got into deeper end of nutrition in, in collagen yeah.
0: and other things. So where did, where did that happen in the- So, so Glenn transition? passed, yeah, Glenn passed the fall of 2012. And I was already dating um, a gal who became my wife and Heather, my wife in 2017, we had a one-year-old child at the time. The foundation was up and running and we ate really clean. She's got like nine marathons under her belt. She's, she's finished an iron man. Like I married <laughs> a, a gnarly badass of a woman <laughs> in terms of like the endurance sport world. So like, we just, you know, feed off each other's healthy living instincts. And she's she's been an absolute North Star to keep that 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 momentum going that Glenn had established with, hey, look, let's just make good, healthy decisions. So she comes home one day, it's like January, 2017, four or five years ago. And she says, hey, there's this new product that I just heard about called collagen protein, and I want you to take it. And I said, collagen, what? Like collagen, like the stuff that Porn stars inject into their lips collagen. (laughs) That was the joke. My nails are fine. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm good. And she said, she just starts laughing. She says, listen, you're not getting any younger and I need to preserve you. And this is supposed to do really good things for your joint health, for muscle recovery, for gut health. And yes, all those other things like hair, skin and nails. But she said, look at your, you're not moving quite as fast as you were a couple of years ago. So give it a try. And I said, well, you're right. And what do I, what the heck? Like, it's a healthy supplement. So you say, I'll, I'll, I will try this thing. And she's like, just put a scoop or two scoops in your coffee every morning. Cause you drink coffee and go. Good. So I did what my wife told me to do. Like any good husband. Great. And I started taking this college and she just bought some brand off of Amazon and about three weeks into it, two weeks into it, my fingernails are growing like crazy. And you notice that when you're a guy, you're like, oh, where are the clippers? Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. yeah and and then about a week later i needed a haircut and i had just gotten a haircut like not that long ago and we had a wedding to go to so i'm like what the heck like now i need a haircut and it was right around the 2 month mark that i just had this epiphanal, holy shit moment and that was i got out of bed one day and this is now in the summer spring and we were flying to boston and we had our son and my wife and all the things that come with traveling across country with a kid. Oh yeah. Packed it all up, made it to the airport, sat in the back of a plane, all cramped up, got off the plane, grabbed all the stuff. And I'm walking out and I remember turning to my wife and saying, Oh my God, nothing hurts. And she's like, Oh, that's nice, dear. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I just sat on an airplane for five hours Right. I should be completely cramped up and huddled over, and I feel great. What the hell is in this collagen stuff? And that was it. Like, I knew it was the collagen because I didn't take anything else. There was no other additions. And then from that moment on, Steve, I just felt better and better and better and better. And it just kept getting better. And I'm like, what the hell's in this stuff? And so that was the deep dive. I started learning about amino acids. And the importance of glycine and proline and you know all of the wonderful things that are loaded in collagen and how simple they are and how effective they are. And I was learning it through my own body. And it was, it was just this wonderful experience. I didn't have any aspirations to start a company or join in this space until my business partner came by and I blame him. And of he's course. <laughs> he yeah. came by the house. We were working on a project together and we would lift every once in a while. And, and, you know, CrossFit and all that fun stuff. And he sees the jar of collagen on the counter and he's like, oh, you take that stuff. And I just start telling him how great I feel. I'm like, it's amazing. Like I'm squatting better. I'm running faster. Like I feel like I'm instant again. ambassador. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I'm literally like the unpaid ambassador for collagen protein. Whoever will listen to me, I will rave to you about how great I feel. And I I I sound like a CrossFitter back in 2010. Like let me tell you how great this this. stuff is. And um, and and I loved it. So he just looks at me. He's like, Oh cool. Well let let's start a company. (laughs) I'm like, Yeah man. Like I got a one year old kid on the ground crawling around behind me, and you want to start a company? And we just kind of were joking, half joking. We said, Well, what would that look like? And so we kind of gave pause and we looked at each other and we said, All right. Well, and we said at the exact same time whatever we do, we have to do something cool for charity. And that was it. Like opening line. I immediately had my charity. It was Glenn's charity. And TJ had his own reasons for wanting to help others out. Like he was just, that was kind of in his DNA as well. Like different landscapes, different approaches, same goal. Let's help people out. So I just laughed. I said, oh my God, like, well, I know the foundation. It's got to be Glenn's foundation, And Glenn's call sign in the Navy was Bub. So this company can be a tribute to Glenn and his way of life, this guy who stood for self-improvement. Well, collagen stands for self-improvement, quite literally. So every product we make will stand for self-improvement and will always give 10% of profits to charity in Glenn's name because Glenn was always helping others. Right. And we named the company Bub's Naturals, you know, that was his call sign. It just made sense. And there we go. It's like, it's been woven into the DNA of the brand since day one. And we called Glenn's family. We called a bunch of Glenn's seal teammates and everyone kind of came back and said the same thing. They're like, Oh, Glenn would kick your ass if you don't do this. So you got to do it
1: <laughs> now. And there you go. You 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 guys have an idea, idea for the business. Um supporting charity and stuff is, is there. You got that baked in. But unlike a lot of businesses in the space, this is not you cooking grandma's brownie recipe in your kitchen to get it started. So where did you go to go, okay, so where do we
0: buy collagen? Where do we pack
1: collagen? Where, how does this work? How'd you go about that?
0: So it was a, it was a fire hose of drinking information. And in. uh, the first thing I did was I jumped on Amazon. I bought every single brand of collagen under the sun that was available. And I started testing them. Which ones do we like? Which ones don't we like? What are the things we like? What don't we like? And it was like flavor solubility. Um, Then after that, I would start looking at the amino acid profiles. Well, which ones are really loaded up? Like you want these good things. Yeah. Um, And then I learned about a trade show where a lot of different natural ingredient suppliers would meet up. Um, I had one friend who's in the food space. So I, I leaned on him pretty heavily. I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> Google can only take me so far. Like, what do I do here? And he, you know, he's like, you got to go to the show. And he's like, you'll find, you know, there's a dozen collagen providers out there. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Let's so, do so we decided to go to the show and really like, just to back up a step, the reason we decided to pursue this aside from the idea that Glenn would kick my ass if I didn't do it was we didn't believe the world needed another collagen brand we thought maybe the world could use a brand doing things a little bit differently. And that was really like the, the nexus of the experiment was like, you know, you got this, this story behind who Glenn was, this this personality and person, and then you have the opportunity to share health and wellness. Now vital proteins was already out there. Bulletproof was already out there sports research. Like there were these big brands that really commanded the landscape and they were all out there. Like they were huge and they were, That's what you saw on Amazon. So we knew we had to do it better. We had to beat them in flavor. We had to beat them in solubility. And we needed some way to convey that to the world. Otherwise, we just look like another Me Too brand. Um, You know, like, hey, check it out. They did it. So then we tacked ourselves on. Right. So we go to the show. We had known which one we liked the best, which one performed the best. And we wanted to improve on that. And it was a voyage of discovery. And we got really lucky. I'm not going to lie. Like, insanely lucky on the way out of the trade show we walked the show for eight hours we're on our way back out to leave the show jump in a taxi and fly home and i'm a social guy by nature tj is not so he's ready to like book it out and we're walking out and i see this one trade show booth it's got this giant global map on it and there's a little red dot on massachusetts and the town is you know this little town in massachusetts i'm like oh that's right next to where I grew up. Like, we got to pop in and see who, who's here. I didn't know what they did. I didn't know anything about them, but I walked up and I'm like, who's from Massachusetts here? And they all looked at me and they're like, no one. What do you want? And I'm like, well, if you want the world's smallest collagen customer, you just got to you know, tell me what you do. And they started laughing and they're like, well, we do make collagen. That's what we do. And it started a conversation. I told them like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to start a company. And it's going to, we're going to give 10% of profits to charity. It's military charity. And I tell them the Glenn story and I'll never forget the sales lady's name. She looked at me or, or not her name. I'll never forget her reaction. She said, you guys are crazy, <laughs> but I like you. That's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so she sent me a sample and, you know, and I'd given her that comparison. I said, well, are you as good as X brand? And she looks at me and she says, we can't talk about who we work with, but you're going to love our product. And so sure enough, she sends me a spec sheet. She sends me the product. And I look into it and, and literally it is hands down the best flavor, the best solubility and the best amino acid profile of anything we had tried. And they had great traceability and they were way far away from the Amazon rainforest. So it was conflict free. And I was like, this is like the best that we could have stumbled across all because I asked some obnoxious question in a trade show, the trade show. And, and, and they've been our supplier ever since. Wow. That's that's just awesome, yeah, that's really great um, it's neat, there's
1: serendipity sometimes in these things that you know you can't you know you can't avoid they just yeah. they have to
0: happen no a- absolutely um it, it's uh it, it's it, it's a thing like and it's it, it's wild
1: and and very good that you you know you have you have a supplier, you have this idea, you've got the brand at this point in terms of the ideation, all right, so now it's like okay, are you going to go? you know, get this stuff. Are you going to go try to sell it at the CrossFit or Whole Foods or GNC yep. or what, what, what did you guys do in terms of your business
0: plan? If you had one. So, you know, I'd say the plan was, was pretty loose, but, but go with what, you know. And for me it was, well, these are the things that Glenn did and I do. And these are the audiences we know we can speak with and speak authentically to fire police, military, naturally. But you know this is an education game. They don't know they need collagen. They've got right. no idea. Uh, then you've got the CrossFit community again, very new to them. And these are guys and gals that are out there beating the crap out of their bodies. Yep. Uh, then you've got you know the endurance athletes. Glenn was an Ironman. You know he did he did triathlon. He rode bikes, swam. He he you know was a big runner. Huge audiences. Um, and so we just kind of focus on telling Glenn's story through those audiences and. We talked about the benefit side. And one of the things we did very early on, Steve, was to make sure we had three really good points of difference. We know right. we've got the best flavor and solubility, but if you don't buy it, you'll not, you won't know that because you got to pick up the jar, take it home, and use it to have that experience. Well, how am I going to get you to pick the jar up? So we had the 10% to charity. We knew that was a big differentiator, like you know, the dietary supplement industry, the nutrition industry yeah. is remarkably uncharitable. Yes. And we were doing something very different and still are different than, than other brands are doing. And we're, we're very proud of that. Well, the second thing we did was we said, well, what, what kind of independent accreditation is out there? So we pursued NSF for sport certification. And I said, well, how is that done? And so we looked at it and you know, we realized that it's, it's basically they're going to test your powder for all of your label claims and purity and sodium count and you know, all the things are going to be like, they're going to really make right. sure that what yeah. you're saying is what you have. I'm like, well, that's the highest accreditation on the land. We will do that. But unlike other brands, we will test everything, not just like one little batch. So we can put the sticker on and sell just a little bit. We are going to do this brand wide. And so we've been NSF certified for sports since we launched the brand. Wow. Yeah. Then we chased down uh, Melissa Urban, who probably thought we were stalking her, and the Whole30 Approved Diet. Um, So Whole30 Approved is an organization that promotes an incredibly awesome clean eating protocol, and it's like a big reset for your body. And it's very attainable, and it's very, very beneficial. And I knew that we had a quality product that should be Whole30 Approved. There's only one other brand on the planet that is Whole30 Approved for collagen protein. They happen to be a big giant owned by Nestle. (laughs) We're the other guy. Right. And so it was really neat to like be able to go out to market and say, Hey, we're whole 30 approved. We're NSF certified for sport. And we give 10% of profits to charity. Right. Why not take a chance on us?
1: Make your decision. That is just absolutely awesome. So here Um, we are. That was it. (laughs) and, And speaking of where we are, where can folks a get more information
0: about Bubs naturals and where can, where can they buy it? Where can they try it for themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is That's bubsnaturals.com. That's uh, B U B S N A T U R A L S.com. All of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, the things are uh, at bubsnaturals. Right. Uh, folks that love Amazon, I get it. They're out there. It's a thing. Uh, we're Amazon's choice, Amazon Prime, Amazon, all the good things. Good. Uh, so wherever you like getting your collagen from. And then you know, we're a direct-to-consumer business primarily. Uh, we're just starting in on the adventure of wholesale and working into grocery store shelves, and we're, we're very, very new to that. So, uh, hopefully, some folks can find us at Raley's or Fresh Time, a Market Basket back in Massachusetts. Yeah. Uh, we're in you know a bunch of vitamin shops now, which is awesome. So oh, if that's you great. Go to vitamin yep. shop, they're they're a big partner of ours. That they've been amazing to work with.
1: Good stuff. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a, that's a
0: big transition.
1: So yeah. 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 And going to a different, uh, a little, a different world. But um, one of the things too, is a lot of your audience luckily is also very attuned to social and online and whatever, and the other things they do. So it makes it a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit easier, at least for them to find you, but uh, yeah, bubsnaturals.com will do it. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, So uh, collagen, not just the only thing, right. You also
0: have Some other products in the line now, what are they? We sure do. So we have an MCT oil powder. That's a medium chain triglyceride. Uh, Think of it as your new favorite non-dairy creamer. So you take coconut oil, you break coconut oil down to a medium chain triglyceride. So it just breaks the fatty, the the fatties down into, into the medium chain. Those triglycerides can then be absorbed by the brain and used for food. So MCT is like the great biohacking tool for sustained energy, intermittent fasting, um, and of course, mental focus. Uh, So we take ours and we put it on tapioca starch, which is a great creamer, nice carrier for the MCT oil. And that is our number two product. We also have apple cider vinegar. So we took apple cider vinegar and explored putting that into a gummy form. So there's a couple other brands that already have a product like that out there. Again, we go for that flavor that those benefits next to, is this palatable? Is it delicious? Are you, are you, are you apt to incorporate it into your daily life? So that's, that's, uh, that's us, it, all products that stand for self-improvement. We have a couple of new ones in the pipeline for, for 2022 that we're super excited about. That'll be, right. you know, clean, natural, few ingredients and just delivering, delivering benefits, man. It's, it's all got to be about self-improvement and ways to just to live a full life.
1: Exactly. It's just awesome. Well, hey, you know, um, Sean, I was going to ask you, uh, we have a segment in the program where we ask our guests to share, if they will, um, a phrase or a word or uh, a quote or something that uh, would help guide fellow entrepreneurs that make make up our audience. Um,
0: You have something for us today? So I'm going to give you two, um, and I don't want to overstay my welcome, but I'm not going to read one of these in full. I'm just going to give you the quote, stick to the fight when you're hardest hit. It's when things seem worst that you mustn't quit. Uh, that's from a poem called keep going. And it's by Edgar guest. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's a whole poem about it. And it's going to talk about things going wrong. Um, and I, I think that might've been the, uh, the inspiration for that Dr. Seuss book, you know, the, "All oh, 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 the places you'll go, right. <laughs> The second one is a a piece of a speech and and it's become more and more common. I think over the last five years, it's got a bit of a renaissance. Um, I used to talk to Glenn a lot about this one and it's an old Theodore Roosevelt speech that he put out back in, you know, whenever he was president 1900 or something Yep. called the man in the arena. And man, like I dig into this all the time. So with your permission, I'll give it a quick read. And then, um, But who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be that with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. That's an awesome one. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan. You can roll into Invictus. There's some other ones out there, but I'll uh that that no that that and that uh, yeah
1: that that puts it right where it should be. So yeah, at any rate, so well, doing Sean, the hey, thing, man,
0: doing the thing.
1: I really appreciate you taking the time with us today. It's an awesome story, awesome products, um, and and think you guys are going to have uh, a lot of fun going forward with this as well as as well as doing some good too, which is going to be I, important.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you for having me on, and I, I really appreciate the conversation. You bet. No problem.
1: We will be talking to you soon. Hey, um, appreciate it so much. Thanks, by the way, to everyone else out there for joining us today on the Next Level Brands podcast. Podcast is sponsored by the Next Level Brands community. More information available at nextlevelbrands.com. That's next with two X's. Our producer is Deborah Armstrong, our production assistant, Consolata Wakuku. We're always grateful for feedback and comments from the CPG community. Should you have an idea for a show or a guest or a particular topic, feel free to let let us let us know. We're available at podcast at nextlevelbrands.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please follow us. Take a minute to subscribe. And most important, refer us to your friends. After all, the more the merrier. I'm Steve Clear. We'll see you all next week.
0: Thanks for listening to the Next Level Brands Podcast with G Stephen Clear. Learn more at next. With two X's, levelbrands.com. While you're there, be sure to sign up for the
1: next Level Brands email list or subscribe on iTunes so you never miss an episode.